Good day to all of you podcast junkies and casual listeners, the early birds, the night owls, the unemployed, the essential workers, and people who are just ready for this godforsaken year to end. The West Coast is currently on fire due to climate change. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died and her replacement is a bona fide cult member and the president hasn't paid his taxes in 10 years. Welcome. You're listening to ICU. So uh, I thought I was doing pretty well today, mental health wise. And then I realized I spent 45 minutes scrolling through Tumblr, trying to find a video of a man petting a fish. I think uh, we've all officially hit rock bottom. I'd like to speak about rock bottom for just a half second, though, because besides the fact that my neighbor came up to me and was like, and I'm like, what? She's like, it's officially 2020 is the worst year ever. And I'm like, okay, give me a plethora of reasons why I should agree or disagree. And she's like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dead. And I said, okay, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm in mourning. I have worn black for days. So then I'm driving and I'm listening to really sad music and I'm feeling extremely hopeless. And I start giving into this idea of hopelessness, like in such a huge way that I run a red light. I almost get T-boned by a semi and almost kill a motorcyclist. Whoa. But I managed to get out of that. And 10 minutes later, I almost get in a second car accident. So I don't know what the universe is trying to tell me right now. Maybe I need to draw myself back in. Maybe I need to get deeper into a spiritual connection. I'm Instead of letting myself drift into the abyss and just be like, fine. I'm done. This is is such a comfortable place, though. (laughs) I've noticed that trying not to get sucked into that, I've created a little bit more routine in my life. Like I make the bed every morning, which is something I don't care about, but I've made it a habit to like make the bed every morning, do my stretches, exercise, floss. And I'm like, people who seem like they're doing really well are probably doing terribly. And they're just covering it up by trying to make any kind of routine, any semblance of normalcy, any kind of control over your life that you can get. I mean, I might be projecting because No, I think you're right. I mean, I've seen people in my neighborhood like mow their lawn so many times. I'm like, dude, like there's dirt. You know, what are you doing? I know that this gets you outside, but just go lay in a hammock, read a book, and just enjoy your life. You know, for some people, they need some kind of a task because if they don't have a task, their mind isn't occupied. And so, I mean, it would be great to just go and sit in the hammock and read a book, but maybe someone like that just can't focus and they'll be laying in the hammock and thinking about everything that's going wrong in the world. So they need something, some sort of I am accomplishing this and I can see my accomplishment, which is the grass is now shorter. I don't know. Right. I keep telling myself to do that, but then I'm like, I have no energy and I associate that with depression. That (laughs) is definitely depression. It's Uh, a cycle because I'm like, I should be doing these things. It will make me feel better, but I can't because I have no energy. That's actually called executive dysfunction. And it can be, I can't force myself to get out of bed. I can't force myself to do the hobbies that I enjoy. And it's basically like, you're mentally like, go do the thing, go do the thing, go do the thing. But your body will not do the thing. 
I can see that. I had an amazing tarot spread with my daughter last night. And it was like, you are too stuck in earth. It was like all earth stuff. And that you're too stuck in tasks and trying to just muscle your way through paying the bills and showing up to work and making sure the house is clean. And really it's sucking the life out of you because what you want to be doing is making music, doing art projects, dancing, playing in rivers, but I'm not doing anything like that for some reason. I'm in this hamster wheel. It's like a loop. Like I can't get off. Hell loop. It's the hell fucking loop. I thought that the other day I was like, this is definitely my, like, where is he? I just want him to pop out. I want to see Lucifer. I want to know why. And I, I keep doing the same fucking hell loop. And I'm like, I got to do something to change this. I, I've got to. So, you know, it's important to hang on to whatever things give you one tiny molecule of serotonin. And for me, that is binge watching Netflix repetitively. But that is starting to not work anymore. So I have been writing fan fiction, and that is some high quality trash. Let me tell you, it is so nice to write something anonymously, put it on the internet. You don't care if it's good or not. And then have strangers be like, I loved this. This this made my day. I'm like, it's oh, you love my trash. Where this? Where do you put this? I want to know because I want to. So there's a lot of good fan fiction sites. My favorite is Archive of Our Own, also known as AO3. Oh, nice. Okay. That's my personal favorite. I am on there. And uh, yeah, lately I've been writing uh, Lucifer fan fiction. You might have to go and uh, indulge. You might. There's some good trash out there. Let me tell you. I, I can add some pretty. I can add some trash. I love it, honestly. Like I'll, I think because my mom read to me a lot as a child, I have gotten it in my head that before I go to bed, I need a story, and so I'll either read something or write something. And if I don't, I have to like while I'm closing my eyes trying to fall asleep, I have to create a story, or otherwise I can't fall asleep. So I'm like, okay, what can I? What kind of brain baby can I cook up so that I can fall asleep? I love that. Well, I love that when you, if I'd have a nightmare, I would have to, and before I even knew this was a technique, someone said, well, that's actually a technique that blah, 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 blah. But um, if I would have a nightmare, I'd wake up and I'd be like, okay, this is how I'm going to go back into that dream. And it's going to be different. Like I'm the hero of the dream now, and this is going to turn out different. And I would have that mental thought and I'd go back in and it would happen and then all kinds of other crazy stuff would happen. Yeah, but, that's um, a type of lucid dreaming. Yeah. I miss lucid dreaming. I don't know. Maybe that's what we should be doing during the time of pandemic. You know, like use that. our dreams to escape reality. Or create a new reality. Yeah. I would love to create a new. I I, I really, <clears throat> I've been struggling with wanting to know where I'm supposed to be and where I belong. And we, I know we talked about this some in the first episode, but it is getting to the point where it is like, it is so heavy on me that I'm like, okay, so am I supposed to leave the US because of things that are about to take place? And then someone said, you know, if things are going to go down as badly as we think they might possibly, you won't be able to escape. There won't be any place to escape to. And I'm like, well, I, I maybe that's just my flight escapist personality. Right. Fight, flight or freeze. I run. And then I run so far away. I'm ready. <laughs> for fight honestly i will not no matter how bad things get i will not abandon my home 
I don't know if I mentioned this in our last podcast, but I am, if nothing else, an Oregonian. And I will defend my chosen state, city, whatever. If I get killed, I get killed. You know, like if I go down fighting fires or fighting fascists, it's a, it's, I'd rather go out fighting. I used to think that I was a fighter. I don't know. There's, there's so much of me that's like, does any of this matter? So I've been thinking that I need to go and fight on like a spiritual warrior. And so that's why I've been trying not to drink because I realize how out of tune my intuition is. And since I haven't been drinking, like my son said something to me and he's like, you know, uh, that part of the movie and it stopped and I go, Oh, and I answered completely. And like that happened all day long. He's like, it's weird. You have been like reading everyone's minds, mom. Like that's a little witchy weird. And I said, you know, I bet you it's because I'm not clouding my third eye with cigarettes and alcohol and whatever else I can get my hands on. I mean, I make it sound like I'm a junkie, but I really rarely do any of those things, but even sugar. Yeah. Just think I need to get so clean so that I can really listen and hear what's coming next. I would appreciate if you could listen and hear what's coming next because I have so much trauma occurring in my life right now that the prospect of being sober for the next few months sounds like torture. And I would really like to cut back at least. I don't drink every day. And when I do, it's like maybe one drink. So I don't think I'm like leaning into being an alcoholic, but I have noticed I'm drinking more. And I have noticed that this has happened at other points of my life that have been terrible. Like when Chico had cancer and was dying, I was drinking more, not every day, but it was, you know, almost every day and one or two drinks. And it's not good. It's not good for you to rely on uh, anything to keep your reality. My partner always said something that made me really happy and I thought it was smart. He was like, I ha- I'm having a bad day. And, and me coming from a very unhealthy background was like, do you want to drink some wine? And he was like, I prefer to drink alcohol when I'm happy because I don't want to use it as a crutch. And I was like, oh, Alex says the same thing. Really cool. I don't have that healthy trigger but I've tried to like listen more to that like why are you drinking are you drinking to just escape you know and when I say I'm drinking it's like on the weekends with friends from six feet away or backyard or whatever but when I do it I tend to overdo it yeah my issue is that I am just so overwhelmed that sometimes I feel almost suicidal. And I can't let those feelings take root. And if I can take a drink and forget about that and then feel better, I will because I don't want to feel this way. Well, we don't want you to feel this way either. So that's another reason why maybe we should be podcasting more often. Because I feel like it's important. Other people are feeling this way. Oh, everybody's are. I mean, everybody's feeling this everywhere and dealing with it in a lot of different ways, uh, mostly unhealthy, but some really healthy. Some people are starting to run and do yoga every day. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, in addition to unhealthy coping mechanisms, I, like I said, I have been taking better care of myself physically. I exercise, I do stretches, I do yoga, I brush my teeth, you know, three times a day, I'm flossing, I make And all of this is just to maintain some semblance of control in my life, which feels 
completely out of control. And I think most people feel that way right now, but I really feel this way right now because I'm not in Oregon right now. I want to go home more than anything else. And I'm so fucking done with making life altering choices based on the feelings or needs of other people. I don't give a shit if that makes me selfish. I have given so much of my life to other people and I'm tired. It hasn't gotten me anywhere other than drinking and depressed and I'm done. I want to go home. It's interesting because last night's tarot reading was all about, and and then the kids definitely chimed in and they're like, yeah, you know, you've given your life to us and to other people. And what do you want? And the whole conversation, we stayed up till one in the morning. I let them take the day off school because to me, that moment was so much more important than some bullshit they're going to learn and have to spit back was that we were so connected. We were like humming at such a high frequency. I was like, okay, I can't be pull the mom card and be like, go to bed. This isn't something that happens every day. And then each of us, yeah, each of us got to dig in. And and for my son, it was his insecurities and he's in the middle school and he's, he kept getting like the card. We all got the card where you have to like grow the spine and stand up for what you believe in and do what you want to do with your own life, regardless of what that, that may look so different than everybody else's. And it may be so uncomfortable and you're going to have to piss off and hurt some people. But you know what? In order for you to get to those other places, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to, you're going to have to like be uncomfortable. So right now everyone thinks they're uncomfortable. I don't even think we're as uncomfortable as we need to be yet. And that's horrible to say because in order for big things to happen and change, people are going to have to really get outside of of their comfort zone. Like I'm saying like my redneck neighbors who believe every word of the Bible is fact, you know, like taking a rib and giving it to someone and all these things and snakes talking to Eve and apples and things. And I'm just like, I, I mean, and I'm having conversations with all of these people. I've learned that I can have a lot of patience now because I think it's important for us all to really like, be heard, be seen, and to give the truth, not just placate one another, like, so we can live happily next to each other. I do feel like I'm seeing this reflected in my own life. And I have, I think I have boundary issues with people. I let them spew their toxic unhappiness all over me. And I just want to help them. But there has to be a point where I'm like, you know what? I love you. I care about you. I want to be here for you, but I can't right now. And I have an issue with that. And I feel like if I'm not there for someone, what if no one else is? Then they fall and they learn to grow and flourish on their own. Because from someone who really, I've had people in my life who've definitely helped me. And I'll never be one of those people that says, Oh, I did it on my own. Nobody makes it anywhere on their own. Everybody has someone that was an ear or a hug or something. But from a very young age, it was a kind of a gift to, to really fall so many times flat on my face because it made me stand up and made me learn things at lightning speed and it made me grow. And I haven't done that for my kids And in a lot of ways, I know I need to step really far away, start focusing on myself and letting them fall on their face, get their own water, make their own food. You know, they're all old enough to do it and not be relied on for tedious texting tasks that take away my life breath and my 
creativity. That and every human being that I try to help, friends, neighbors, organizations, I, I enjoy doing those things and I'm not complaining about it, but to be more aware that they're going to be okay or maybe they won't. That's part of their destiny too. Yeah. And I just feel like uh, I have been there for my family, for my friends, and I've been a crutch for a lot of people. And that's what it is. It's a crutch. And at some point I'm not going to be there because I do have plans for the coming months after the holidays and they need to figure out their shit on their own. And they will one way or the other. I mean, I completely understand, but like, Maybe they just need to, I used to think sometimes maybe I need to die. I know that sounds fucked up, but like, I'm kind of sick of this realm in some ways. And I'd like to elevate and have my superpowers back if at all possible. I really feel like it's making life a little harder to navigate right now without them. And so I'm like, maybe I'm just supposed to like go. And that's what I can't figure out. Like, why do I keep feeling like I need to leave so bad? Well, part of it's, I'm in the South, but. Yeah. I mean, part of it may be that you're destined to be somewhere else. And I have had those feelings before where I'm like, if I could just leave this, shed this mortal skin and go back to being whatever I was before this, that'd be amazing. But that's that's a shortcut. That's cheating. It's me. Just, it's a part of the escapist thing. Like, well, how can I get out of this? as quickly as possible, instead of taking all the hard steps. I chose to be here. But even in labor, I didn't really want to be here. My mom was in labor for 24 hours. I was supposed to be born today instead of tomorrow. And so I was literally, I did not, I I always say I didn't want to come. I was like, fuck no. And whoever was like, pushing me down the chute, like, yep, it's your turn. You said you wanted to be here. You would do this, this and that. And you need to be here to work. And I'm like, no, just let me go back home. I just don't want to be here. And it's been that way ever since (laughs) where I'm just kind of kicking and screaming, even though I know what I need to do. And it's so easy to know what you need to do. It's so much harder to do it. Like I need to work on my credit score and I've been kicking ass with that. I've been paying everything early. I have been clearing out old debts. I opened a new credit line and... I pay everything on time or early and I, my credit score dropped 50 points and I can't see why there's no reason for it to have dropped 50 points, but all this hard work and energy that I put into this and it's immediately erased. I don't even know why it's just gone. Hmm. I wonder if you're being hacked. I was hacked by the dark web. I'd like to maybe even jump on the dark web at some point in time, not from my home, not from like my home computer, but I'm just curious, like, you know, why do these fuckers get to come and mess with me? Maybe I need to go and kick some ass down around and over wherever the hell it is. Why are people on the dark web always doing bad shit? Like put some money in my bank account, fix my credit score. My life is terrible. Right, do some good people who are already being picked on. Hack the super wealthy. They have plenty to go around. They're fucking hoarders. Yeah, why isn't anybody hacking the super wealthy? I've been wondering that. I guess if I was, I always thought, you know, if I was a hacker, that would be the number one. It wouldn't be to get on government sites. It would be to like take down the biggest names. Then you find out they actually don't have any money. They're just leveraging their debt. And their name and their possessions. And you're like, oh, shit, they actually have zero dollars in the bank. I would honestly Robin Hood the shit out of those people. Yeah. 
there would be national news. Someone would wake up one morning, and this is probably why I don't have technical computer skills. The universe is like, no, 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 no shortcuts, no cheating. No cheating. I don't know. But someone is going to pick up the vibration of this. It is going to be magnified because we're together, and it is going to take off. It is going to be like two weeks later, we're going to read in the paper. Check my bank account. There's $3 million in it. Whoa. All right. I'm going to go buy some property right now before they catch that. <laughs> Too late. Money's already been spent. Sorry. It's interesting. It would literally, like, this would be the fastest a property has ever gone through escrow. I would, like, grease the wheels. <laughs> You're like, I will pay everybody extra bonuses if this closes. Get it through. <laughs> less than 24 hours. Get it done. I don't care how you have to do it. Just do it. They'd find a way. If there's enough greasing of palms, anything can happen. Right. I mean, look who's in power. I really, uh, I watched a documentary and it really made me realize how the current regime, you know, I don't like saying, you know, Voldemort's name. No, and I think someone else just mentioned this, not to derail your thought. No, no, no. no. Mentioned that saying that person's name gives them power. They make money every time you say it too. So I will not say that person's name. No, the name that shall not be named. And so what he has, I I really believe what he's done after five bankruptcies and pissing off oligarchs and mafia all over the world was the only way he could really get himself out of trouble and with all the banks. And it was at such a magnitude, like billions. We're not talking like Luna bounced a check at a grocery store and somebody's going to get upset. This was like on such a massive scale that he had to become in power so that he could start trade deals, stop trade deals, make all of these things happen for these criminal people. And we are all just along for the ride and everybody else is getting those pockets greased along the way. So they're, they don't care. But I'm like, where do you think we're going to be in a few years? By the way, that is the biggest thing that's come out of this whole tax return scandal that was posted in the uh, New York Times. It's not the fact that the man hasn't paid taxes in 10 years. It's the fact that he is destitute, poor and desperate and desperation makes dangerous bedfellows. And that's exactly what we're in right now. This dude used our country to leverage his own personal crisis. Right. We're all in danger now. Yeah, he's putting them getting shit together. Exactly. Well, and he's putting his name on like buildings in other countries. He's making these deals with people all over the world. And so he's making a lot of money off of this presidency because he's able to meet the agenda of these criminals in most cases. So basically, the US of A has turned into like some kind of, you know, international crime syndicate. syndicate. Yeah. It's fucked. And I don't know if voting isn't going to be enough to save us, honestly. I really, at this point, that's where my depression is. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to vote. I'm not the kind of person who complains about a problem and wants to solve it in a way that's irrational and doesn't try to do everything in my power before I get to that irrational place. I'm thinking about actually, like, I'm going to be the crazy person walking around cities for the next few months, or few months, few weeks, actually. And I know, and and just say, either listen to fear and lies and have the largest crime syndicate take over the US or vote 
Voldemort out of office. I mean, this is critical. This is scary. These are our lives at stake. And like people really, they're just watching their news source and they think that they're doing the right thing. And I'm sorry, you can't think small anymore. And and people are saying, this is revelations. This is the, it's going to be fire. It's going to be this. And I'm like, you know, maybe. So one of the things that someone I know mentioned to me, speaking of the next coming weeks, is that Mercury is going to be in retrograde from October 14th until November 3rd. And then it goes direct on the 4th? Yes. The timing couldn't be more insane. So you're not supposed to make contracts of any kind until Mercury is direct. And even then, if there's a shadow period within that direct motion, I'm looking this up right now because someone just told me that we were either in the shadow period because I said I almost died. And they're like, well, be, you have to be careful when Mercury's retrograde about making contracts and also about driving. Oh, shit. So you're that, right. Yes, is is going to be right on the election. And they're saying that the election results because of the pandemic, because so many people are going to be voting by mail, we're not going to know day of what the results are going to be. But I am worried of how this is going to go down. I mean, this has been a bad year. I don't think it's been the worst year because we have progressed as a people from genocide and slavery, sort of. I mean, there's still modern versions of those things happening. We sweep them under the rug, but we have made some progress. Violent crime is lower than it's ever been. So I don't want to say it's the worst year ever because it's not. Well, because it's it's a bad fucking year. Everybody keeps saying like, you know, couldn't possibly get worse. And I'm like, when you say that, okay, but when you say that, you're almost encouraging. It's kind of like when they say the the war on drugs, the war on terrorism, and then it gets worse because all of our focus and attention is going on that and it's not necessarily in the right direction. So anything could definitely get worse, but it can get worse. It can get worse. And in 2021 could be even worse than 2020. So we're not saying that 2020 is the worst year ever because it's a bad year, sure. But we could have so much worse. And we might. And we we might might. if November 4th turns out like a real fucking shit show. It's very possible. And and I'm not even just like, I don't know. I mean, it is terrifying. But then, you know, it's weird is like, I wonder if this is how people during Nazi Germany or different eras in life felt like they were just so overcome with suppression, depression, all the, what I do I do? That, and I also tell myself world war two didn't last forever. No. And we will get through this one way or another. It's not going to last forever. Are there hard times coming? Probably. Are bad things going to happen? Probably, but we can make it. Yeah. We can get through this. I think. I hope. I mean, I might die. Who knows? I mean, well, and I try to stay hopeful. I've always tried to stay hopeful and believe that there's a reason why everything happens. I often have said, well, the, this regime has ripped apart and showed all of the criminal and, and the ugliness. And pretty soon it's going to be undeniable. And most people are going to have no choice but to see it. I don't know. The power of denial is incredible. Well, that and like this 1950s media tactics that are actually working. It's bizarre. It I think is the highlight zone because surely people are not this stupid. They're pretty stupid. Like the neighbors, I'm sorry to like just point them out, but like toothless regime followers and, and church going folk, they'll cuss you out for driving near their house and they will throw shit in your yard and generally be nasty at times, which I think is very Christian-like, but 
they told me that they thought that we were going to all be speaking Chinese. And I'm like, that's hilarious because we're, why? Because the current regime is really pissing off China and that for centuries, ever since Nostradamus, which I know I pull in my wackiness, but my God, my father has been telling me that Russia, the US and China, were going to start World War III. I don't want to project that onto anything or anyone but the fact of the matter is, is that we're in bed with Russia. Yes. Whether anyone wants to admit it, I have tried to deny it myself. Like, that, that's so insane. But the more you do research and the more you actually see where the money trail is, it's like, bad. Oh, fuck, this is actually a lot worse than I even could have dreamt up on my own. And so... I and so I talk, I just talked to them really and they were like wow I never really thought about that and I said yeah if you're only getting your news from Fox Network you're getting a really jaded point of view and I'm not saying all the networks aren't jaded and have their agenda because my god none of us they know. sure do but yeah. there are accredited journalistic news sources that have to follow journalistic ethics and Fox News is not one of them. No, they're they're entertainers. It's it's like watching the Springer show. I mean, on on some levels, but they're actually they're playing and toying with people's it just it makes me sad. It just makes me sad in so many ways. And and I don't want to like down any person that follows that because people follow things for a lot of reasons and they have their beliefs. This is why I'm going to read you a, a tweet. Uh, at Brizzle underscore Bill, Bill Banks. Being a conservative seems fucking awesome. My dad is super unbothered when I tell him horrific current events because he just says, that doesn't sound true. And then suddenly it isn't for him. So I get it because that sounds awesome. I would love not to believe in climate change because I'd get a lot more sleep at night. I would love not to believe that we're heading into probably a war, maybe a civil war, who knows? I would love not to believe that the things that I am hearing are not true. That would be great. It would be super great if I could have that level of cognitive dissonance. It's not healthy, but I'd sleep a lot better. But then do you not wake up one day and go, well, like, unfortunately, is that one day when we're all severely fucked? And <laughs> I mean... I don't. I don't know. I, someone said that to me the other day, they, and, and I have friends that do this to some degree too. Where it's the ignorance is bliss, and I'm jumping. I'm jumping in. I want to be ignorant, and I want to be blissed out. But there has to come a time when you face the music, you stand up against whatever it is, and you try to make as many changes as you possibly can. So I don't know. I don't know. And you know what? I can't anymore because it's like, I will disagree with you about like, yeah, we, um, maybe we need another school levy or maybe we don't, maybe we should pave the roads or, or maybe we should use that money to put in a new stop sign. Sure. We can disagree on those things. I can't disagree about human rights. Those aren't politics. Yeah. That's not policy. That's just abuse. I'm not but you know what is beautiful is that those same neighbors, they said that they, because we got into the, the different conversations and they said, hey, I the one thing that I don't agree with is that this person that I will not name is, is causing all this civil rights issues. And I would like to see those communities raised up. And I about fell off my rocker and was like, that's pretty awesome. So at the root of it, are all people just really wanting the same things? I believe, but they're I, unable to 
communicate that intelligently to one another? I genuinely believe that for most people, there's more common ground than there isn't. I think most people want to see everyone have a fair shake in life. I don't want to believe that the majority of people are racist or homophobic or assholes. I want to believe that at the core of most people is just someone who wants to live their life and wants other people to live their lives. But I'm not sure because it seems like when it comes to social programs, people might have this preconceived notion, I suffered, so you should suffer. And I think that's bullshit. We have enough food. We have enough housing. Why do we have homeless? Why do we have starving people? Because we want them to work for it? Well, people are working three jobs and they're still homeless. That's stupid. Let people have basic security. And I guarantee you, we're not going to have a bunch of loafers sitting around at home doing nothing. I'm telling you, if people had their basic needs met, that there would be a lot more people doing amazing, innovative things than we have now. We'd have, but you'd still have some people that might be lazy, but who cares? Who gives a this fuck? is the thing. Who gives a fuck if like 10% of the population has just a depression and they, we can't quite diagnose it or whatever. I'm sorry, but like spending your entire life worried about how you're going to take care of your family and that kind of stress. You know, you're not living life. Those people, I, I've been there most of my life in a way. Am I living my best life? No, because I'm too worried about putting my foot in front of the next. That's not a good way to live life. Do you right. really I want can't your do what I want to do until I can fix my credit score. That's stupid. I can't do what I want to do until I make enough money and then quit my job or whatever it is, you know, happens to be. It's like, and it's so redundant, I think, because who does it hurt if someone is sitting at home in front of the TV, eating bags of potato chips and, and not going outside? It doesn't hurt me. I don't wake up in the morning and, and have a chest pain because someone out there is being unproductive. The one thing that I really want to get through to a lot of people that I know is that you are not your productivity. You are so much more than that. You are so much more of a person than what you do, what your job is, how much money you make. That is not who you are. Right. Because if you took that away, if you and if you are a spiritual person, and even if you are a Christian, how does that have anything to do with your soul and your, your soul's development on this planet? Your purpose is not putting money in a bank your purpose and buying shit. Not to pay bills and then die. Fuck no. I mean, but then we're talking about something that hopefully happens with this Aquarian enlightenment age or something that all the hippy dippy people talk about and you know what it's star trek. trek it's star trek i know i mentioned this in the last yeah. podcast but it's it's the we've beyond the need to accumulate wealth that's not what defines us anymore that's where we need to get we need to get to that utopian place is it going to be perfect fuck no it's not going to be perfect we're going to have to go through some different versions of things before we can get it right that's an awesome opportunity Making people's lives better. Who wouldn't want that? Well, I mean, Elon Musk talks about it. He's like, at some point in time, we can, and then I, and fucker, I've seen it. That fucker, let me tell you. He got yeah, so many goddamn motherfucking satellites in the atmosphere that you can no longer, in certain areas, observe the stars. I am so angry by that. That well, is like the not dystopian even. nightmare that you can't even see the stars. Well, he's an alien. I mean, he doesn't really, uh, like, I think he's, he's 
separated from like the human part of life because he's so indulged and involved in the artificial part of life. Because to him, if we all had AI running everything in the world, then we would have more time to do the things that humans love to do. But if we have no places to see the stars and no climate left and the world's burning up, I mean... There are some things that don't want to live to see pass. There are some things that are so horrific that I would rather be dead than see it happen. And having no more beautiful, natural places in the world, not having old growth forests, not having big redwoods and sequoias, not being able to go to the ocean, breathe mountain air. Fuck that. I'd rather be dead. Oh, well, we will be then. I mean, because what what are we going to do? Pick up our bottle of water that's been filtered so many times that there's no actual nutrients inside of it or minerals and pick up our breathing air for the week. Like, okay, now you can go back to your dome because we've destroyed this planet. I had a lady tell me once that I was from a survivor planet. And in many ways, I don't think life is linear. And so I'm like, is she telling me? I was 19. I was like, is she giving me a peek that into the future that this planet doesn't make it and that I'm a survivor somehow? I believe in reincarnation. I believe in alternate universes. And this is where the podcast is going to get a little weird. I don't believe that our past lives are necessarily linear. Like I might die and then my next life might be in like 1540 in China. Who knows? And then I could die in 1540 and go into 2330. I don't think that lives are linear. I don't think it follows a timeline like that. I think once you die, time sort of just dissolves. It's a human concept. It doesn't really work. And I also believe in parallel universes. And I'm not entirely sure how that works. I don't know if you could die in one universe and pop up in another universe. But I do believe that maybe one of your lives could have been in the future in an alternate universe. Or maybe it's this universe. Maybe we haven't decided where we're going. There's a fork in the road. And it ends on November planet could take us somewhere nice. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We will be reporting live on election reporting day. Live from the apocalypse. I think that's important for us to actually do that, to just spend the entire election day together and we can edit or we can just let it go live, whatever. But um, we could do a live broadcast, actually. Yeah, yeah, we could. We really could. And have people come on and just talk to us and tell us what they're thinking and feeling, too. I mean, we have a few few followers that are actually like, hey, you guys aren't doing this enough. So it's true. We aren't. <laughs> we aren't. <laughs> but we're going to get there. Gross right now. And that's not an excuse, because if it's terrible, we should be doing this more because... It's a little less terrible. Well, someone, okay, so I always see spiders and I really believe that spiders represent weaving and telling a story. And I said, well, I I, I never know what I'm supposed to write about. And someone's, it, it was you actually it was you i think and you it might have been during the last podcast i don't remember because my memory sucks but you I said right now yeah but you need to be documenting this right now whether it's a like a fan fiction whatever whatever story anything you're saying right now this is historic we are living in historic times i mean everybody's always living in historic times which is hilarious that we're not more cognitive of that but these times are people are going to be going back and reading and researching and having huge debates and conversations about this moment in time. 
And we're so, here now, so we should be talking about it. We should be. I know in our first podcast, we said, well, let's not get too political because we don't want to alienate people. But we do need to talk about things that are happening in the world. It's important. The world's very politicized right now. I'm wearing a shirt that's black with white and it has a monster on it. Oh my God. And I'm walking down. Oh, that's so funny. Maybe. And so I don't know if it has, it's a Meow Wolf t-shirt when I went to the museum and I'm walking down the street and I'm wondering if this is a political t-shirt somehow. If someone's thinking that I'm saying something about black or white people and monsters and I, and then I'm like, well, maybe I should be wearing something political because my mind is so obsessed with this idea that everything that we say and do now is it's like a megaphone it is so it's it's mad bring up monsters because i have this saved on my phone it is a lisa frank print from the 90s you know colorful adorable and it's the moon and a unicorn jumping over the moon it's all rainbow colors and the caption they put over it is the old world is dying the new world struggles to be born now is the time of monsters And there's something about that. I think it was honestly supposed to be like a flippant thing. Like, I think it was supposed to be just like a funny meme. But there's something about that that speaks to me on such a deep level. And there's been something a little weird going on in my brain lately where I am just fascinated and entranced with the concept of monsters. Halloween is coming up, so that might have something to do with it. But I really want to, and this has actually been going on for oh, maybe two years now, I've wanted to get some weird clothing, like a robe. Maybe I have a bison horn. Maybe I'll like stitch a bison horn and an antler to a headpiece. And I just want to go full macabre, get a weird outfit together that looks like a demon or a beast or whatever you want to call it. And I don't know why I have this incessant urge to like envelop the appearance of a monster but I just lately I'm obsessed with it I'm definitely doing this for Halloween I don't know exactly how I'm gonna make it happen I'm definitely going to a craft store sometime soon okay so I'm gonna reveal to you that like the neighbors actually make fun of me because you know I don't do a big Christmas or Thanksgiving or anything but Halloween is like you know they'll be like well we do Christmas the way you do Halloween satanic child (laughs) But um, to me, I love the playful element. I love the mystery. But what I also love is that um, on a spiritual level, we all have monsters and demons. And most of the time we're trying to hide from them. But the truth of the matter is, I think those monsters and demons need a little bit of love and a little bit of care. And they need to be put in the spotlight a little bit more because you are not just your pretty nice kind parts you are also your ugly rough ragged parts you cannot shove them in a dark corner and pretend they don't exist your anger is still you your rage your feelings of disgust all of that is still you just because it's unpleasant and we don't like to showcase that doesn't yeah. make it any less a part of you but that's the other reason why that. i love lucifer so much and i always have had a love of the devil and i know that this sounds weird and and i have to explain myself because people will be like oh she's a satanic worshiper but to me someone who's listened to all the different philosophies read all these different religions throughout life i've always sort of felt bad even before lucifer came out it, it was like 
Well, he needs he needs to be understood and loved. Love. And isn't that what the show is about? It's beautiful. I honestly, it is. I can't rectify Jesus with the Bible. Jesus to me was a person who was awesome, very anti-capitalist, very peace, love, and take no shit, give no fucks. Yeah. And I love that about Jesus, but I can't rectify Jesus with the Bible. The two things don't feel like they go together because they don't. I mean, no. he was yeah, Jewish. And the New Testament was basically a new religion. It was supposed to get rid of the things that came before, but it doesn't seem like it has. It doesn't seem like the people who call themselves Christians are actually followers of Christ. And I think it's interesting that you bring up the satanic thing because I do think it's funny. And I've been thinking about this a lot, that my favorite show is about the devil when I really don't believe in the devil. I don't believe right. in the Christian concepts of heaven and hell one good God and one bad God, but I love the devil. Like it, the whole show, Lucifer, all of it. I, I, I have so much empathy for that character. And I think it's funny because there are probably people in my life who don't really know me that well, kind of acquaintances on the outskirts who saw me quit Catholic school and now see me as a person who talks about loving the devil and they're probably like feeling justified like yeah she was bad that whole time but that's not what that is in fact and you isn't even worshiping the devil there's two different like sex i have a friend who is a satanist she's explained this with much more clarity than i can we should probably bring her on for one of these but basically um there are two big satanist temples or I can't remember the names of them. One believes in Satan and the other one actually doesn't. They believe in what Satan represents. They don't believe in a heaven and a hell and a God and they don't believe in the devil, but they believe in free will and they believe in bucking tradition and, and all of those things. And they actually do a lot of good charity work. And I think people who have these preconceived notions of what is good and bad and evil and righteous and God and the devil, I think they're cheating the horror out of the full human experience. We live in shades of gray. Yeah. It's way too polarized. And and it's I never really bought into that. There's these pearly gates and then there's this fiery place. I I love the fact and they they it's actually an old concept in Lucifer where you you're living in a loop yes. of your own personal hell and it's your guilt. And that is something we do on this planet every day. I jive with we that so very that. much because I have always told people I don't believe in, in a classic Christian hell. I don't believe in the classic Christian concept of hell, but I do believe that you will torture yourself with your own guilt in, I don't think in a hell loop. I don't think you're trapped in that loop. I think you will either through reincarnation or some sort of spiritual something that happens after you die. I think you will have to face that guilt and grow from it. I don't think you're trapped and there's no way out. And I honestly think that's kind of where they're going with the show. I think they're going to change hell and how it operates. Because couldn't you eventually have reconciliation for yourself? They have Lucifer has said in the show, you're trapped here by your own guilt. You can get yourself out of here. I've never seen anyone do it. Right. And someone even said, well, maybe hell operates on guilt because Lucifer himself feels so guilty that that is why people are now trapped by their own guilt. But in that sense, if there's a way out, 
you know, you could break the shackles of your own. And, and they get so deep. It really does. Like, it's kind of, you know, people who have said to watch it, they're like, but it's a little cheesy. I'm like, you got to just start getting into the messages. There are so many levels of how luscious and wonderful. Oh, it's such it good writing. It really is. Let me tell you, I am a whore for good writing. <laughs> I will follow you literally through the gates of hell for good writing. And I did. We went there. Yeah. Well, Neil Gaiman is one of my favorites. Right. And he's involved. They took this so far away from the Sandman comics. It is nothing like the Sandman comics. And that's why I love it. But it's it's amazing in its own way. And it's such a light in the darkness. It is honestly such uh, an optimistic, hopeful show. It's not even like happy all the time. But, you know, there's little moments of humor. And even though these big cosmic events are happening, they're happening in a way that people can understand. They're not happening like in this metaphorical way. They're happening like person to person relationships. So I have a question that just popped into my head. So being that we love Lucifer and that we do believe that you shouldn't break your dark side and all these sort of concepts, then where do we put the current regime and how we spiritually deal with the darkness that is sort of like controlling everything right now? And how do we on a spiritual plane, you know, you go in, you surround your loved ones with light, you have prayer, you do these things to like protect, you might have mantras. How do you spiritually wrap your head around this regime that deals in the lowest life forms that is how do you deal with because while i don't believe in genuine evil it's hard to keep faith in that belief seeing the things that are happening and I have to think that there are some lessons in this. And I have to think that people are acting in their own self-interest, not necessarily maliciously, but out of survival and self-preservation. I think that mindset is toxic. I think survivalism and tribalism that comes from survivalism, which comes into white nationalism and America first and all of that bullshit is toxic, but it comes from fear. And I think no, it's all fear. People need to really start working on being less afraid and operating from a place of understanding rather than fear. I don't know well, if that I answered mean, the question or if that was like a political non-answer, but no, it would. I mean, it did and it didn't. It's funny, but it it does. The root is fear, and I have that. And you know, my my family, it was like ingrained in me. And I, whenever I visit that or talk to that, uh, my mom. I, I will just say it. My mother is fear incarnate. She fears everything. She would fear knowing that this podcast existed and there would be so many fears wrapped around this. She fears the coronavirus. She fears not voting for Trump because of all the things that he has spread his fear. He operates with fear because fear controls and it's an emotion. But I'm like, how do you not just look at your own life and realize that you're actually, you're okay. You know, like you're not dying. You're going to be okay. There are measures that you can take to make sure you're going to be okay. Fundamentally, where did all this fear come from? I mean, I know you lived a hard life, but like... So I pulled this up quick, talking about fear and conservatism. In Psychology Today, they published an article and uh, they did a brain study and it shows that conservatives are very afraid. They operate from a place of fear. Conservative students had a larger amygdala than liberal or leftist students. The amygdala is an almond-shaped structure deep in the brain that is active during states of fear and anxiety. Liberals had more gray matter, at least in the anterior cingulate cortex, a 
region of the brain that helps people cope with complexity. And I think that's what we're really talking about here. We're talking about, I don't know if that's something that happens to you from trauma that you become very entrenched in your own fear. And maybe the answer then would to be seek therapy so you can build up those other parts of your brain. Or is this something that people are born with? And if that's the case, how do we help those people function better rather than being scared all the time? I mean, I don't, I, it's weird because my sister and I will watch, I mean, they both have obsessive compulsive and narcissistic characteristics like, and low self-esteem. And these were things that were around me my whole life. So in a lot of ways I was like, so maybe these were great teachers and they were teaching me lessons so that I would never be like that. And that I should embrace and, and, and show grace and appreciation for showing me the path I didn't want to take. And I definitely tried to go as far away from that path as possible, but it's still, I just can't understand some of this. I just can't, like, I cannot make sense of the rationale behind some of these political ideas. I don't want to be too specific though, because I don't want to alienate people. And while I do think that we're definitely geared more towards a liberal leftist mindset. I don't want to turn away conservatives because I feel like there's stuff in here that they might like. And while we're not on the same political spectrum, maybe you could learn something. And maybe we can too. Exactly. Like, I mean, like my life, when I stop learning, I've always said this, when I'm done learning, I'll be dead. That's the day I will not learn something new. And I think having an open heart, not even open mind or being too liberal or whatever, it's just looking at any situation and saying, what can I learn from this? How can it better me? How can it better the world? So what can we learn from 2020? We learned well things this year. There's been a lot of horrible shit that's come out. How can we make this better? That's what we need to do. I think there's a lot of things that we can pull from this um, as far as ourselves and how we help our neighbors and, and how we view each other and how we farm and how we eat and our uh, what we're consuming you know i think we're all learning a lot more about how much we drive and how we don't need to drive that much and how we can work from home and how we can make meals with our families and how you know we can entertain ourselves without the old forms of entertainment and what we miss we miss music we miss being with people we are social human beings i know some of us are more social than others and this is probably this pandemic is probably even harder for someone who has a hard time being alone. But I I mean, there are so many things that we can change how we do business, how we work, how we play. Um, There's definitely going to be some impacts of this. And maybe those aren't all going to be bad. I'm really excited for the handshake to die. Yeah, that is a vector. It was so on its way out. I've always been a hugger, though. I make people uncomfortable and that's okay. That is okay. Get uncomfortable in the uncomfortable. We talked about that last podcast and I have brought that up to so many people since then. And I have been talking about how you can make people uncomfortable in a way that's fun. I mean, that's what stand-up comedians do. They make people uncomfortable and they make them laugh. And they're usually pointing out things about themselves and the world and the, and they're, but they're finding the humor in it. And that's, I mean, we all need to have a better sense of humor about ourselves. I think we've lost that. We used to be able to poke fun at, at how ridiculous we are as a collective consciousness, humanity, and, and that we, we need to start laughing again. I mean, we need to start laughing again. I feel like maybe the next podcast should be all about things that make you laugh. <laughs> maybe the next podcast will be like a, a set of stand up 
jokes. We'll just rattle them off. We might have to save that for the day of the election. We might. We're going to have to really do some plotting and planning for the election day. And if anyone has any ideas about what they'd like to see, who they'd like us to talk to, I mean, I might go out on the street and interview people at the polls. That's a good idea. I mean, I, I'm really into this idea of just like, we need to we need to reach more people and talk to more people about what they're going through and what they want to hear too. Yes. And so we are on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and our email is icufm at gmail.com. And on all of those social media sites, we are icufm. In case you want to get a hold of us, you have questions, comments, concerns, et cetera, et cetera. Until next time, my atheists and Satanists and Christians and spiritualists, my Taoists and Buddhists and everything in between.